That's what it is, cliffcentral.com on a Wednesday, 2 o'clock. We do this every Wednesday. Welcome to it. My name is Penny Libiani, and this is Life, Love, and All Things African. That's what we're doing. Uh, and, of course, we're in the full swing of Women's Month, so we're going to have a little bit of a slant uh, on things uh, to do with us women folk. Thanks for joining us this afternoon Thanks for making time to be with us right here on cliffcentral.com. Uh, our Twitter handle is cliffcentral.com, Instagram, cliffcentral, Facebook, cliffcentral. And, of course, our WeChat ID is cliffcentral. Welcome to the show. What we're going to do is that we're just going to, uh, you know, fly across the continent, really look at, like, uh, stories that are making headlines, what's happening, what's interesting. And uh, we're going to zone in on a chat with a Awesome, powerful, phenomenal uh, African woman who's going to tell us about the business of speaking uh, in 2014. Maybe you've got uh, ambitions to get into that. Maybe, you know, you, you're you thinking, I've got something to share with the world. Uh, then you can uh, listen in and take in some tips and uh, share your tweets uh, as well and your comments about that. Or give us a call on 0861-555-189 or 861 5189. So that's that conversation that we're having this afternoon. Interesting things starting here at home. The biggest story, uh, amongst others, of course, beside, uh, it's what's happening at the Film Commission. Uh, our current Deputy President, Deputy President of the African National Congress, uh, former and Executive Director of Lonmin Mines. And today being the 13th of August, we, we actually, it's two years exactly when the first incident uh, happened in Marikana. That's actually when the police and and uh, the first, um, the, rather the security guards, the first incident took place uh, and a few people passed on, whereas the big one uh, will be remembered on Saturday the 16th. This is when the actual uh, massacre of the 34 miners took place. Now, throughout this week, current Deputy President has been testifying, uh, giving uh, his account uh, of events of what happened at the Farm Commission uh, since uh, on that day, you know, the communication that he had throughout that week, rather. And, of course, you saw him being roasted. Those are some of the words that I use, being grilled. Are some of the words, and others are calling Dalimbofu the new Gerinel. Others are calling him the new Barry Roo. Uh, others are calling the Dali Show featuring uh, 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 Cyril Ramaphosa. Uh, those who really don't like Cyril, they're saying cereal is really uh, being grinded into a cereal. That's just what the talk is uh, on Twitter, Facebook, on newspapers and all of that. We don't know. What's your take on it? Have you been following it? Of course, a bigger, another big story. It is the uh, forging of qualifications or I guess, I don't know, leaving out information. I don't know how you're going to phrase it properly uh, with that one without sounding like you're jabbing at uh, uh, not Dr. Paolo Jordan, uh, you know, but... Uh, that's uh, Paolo Jordan, former doctor or not doctor uh, in uh, the Sowetan. There's actually a cartoon there uh, showing Doc Shebeleza, Dr. Kumalo. <laughs> and uh, uh, Dr. What? Dr. Malinga. Um, I'm just trying to remember the international ones who they had there. Uh, you know, they had Dr. Dre as well. Uh, they had Dr. Um, who else? I just, Dr. Victor? Dr. Victor, Dr. Well, Dr. Phil is a doctor, so he's not in that list. So they had the other guys who are just named doctor, uh, and, uh, who are actually, who don't have doctorates, and they have him holding his briefcase saying, they're all sitting in a lineup, and he says, can I join you, gentlemen? I mean, you can understand, this is a highly respected, uh, gentleman who's really contributed, uh, in, you know, immensely uh, to what and who we are as a country and unfortunately uh, you know at his late age you know he's you know he, he was close to retirement he's forced to go into retirement uh, because of this scandal I mean I, I my heart really goes out to him I'm like couldn't they just like let him get away with it he's just too old to be harassed by by you know these young people about this whole thing but what can we say he is not a doctor so there's some doctoring involved there 
But uh, that's uh, the situation with Dr. Palajonam. But uh, talking about doctors, another big one is the Ebola situation on the continent. That's a big talk uh, uh, as well. You know, is there's tests that were done on some patients. Uh, I think it was in Sierra Leone where the outbreak is really big. In most, uh, you know, West African countries, uh, that's uh, that's the big story uh, there as well. Um, you know, across the continent, Ebola, uh, ECOWAS official dies after meeting uh, with Patrick Shea. Uh, that's a that's a that's a big story. Uh, Kenya at high risk of Ebola transmission. That's according to the World Health Organization. So remember, last week we had the SADC doctors. Rather ministers, some of them are doctors, uh, ministers coming into the country, uh, you know, having a meeting in terms of like how we're going to handle that uh, as as a static. Uh, now it's 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 quite interesting, you know. We we at the, the 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 bottom of of the continent, so and the story is quite big in in West Africa, but we know we just are taking uh, precautions on that. Joining me on the line right now is. Uh, Pumza Fithani, she's uh, fr- from the BBC. Pumza, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You're most welcome, Penny. How are you today? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. I don't know if you caught me rattling on there about the, some of the big stories. Uh, you know, in SA, uh, we've got the Dr. Paula Jordan story, and then there's a Fallon Commission, you know, and then, uh, mm-hmm. and then in West Africa, it's the Ebola situation. Also, last week sometime, we have some of the um, health ministers meeting uh, down here in, in SA to sort of like discuss you know how we are ready as a as a as a country, and the story keeps go, uh, growing and growing and growing. What have you got to share with us this afternoon? Um, well, certainly, I think one of the biggest things um, that um, that we've noticed recently is how the World Health Organization has endorsed this uh, so-called test drug um, that hasn't been tested really yeah. um, as as some sort of treatment, which has been one of the biggest things because up until recently, that's been the criticism really is that the West or First world countries haven't really been as involved in trying to um, to help out, as it were. Yeah. So that's certainly been received well in West Africa. That's now going to roll that out in Liberia and possibly other countries, and and hopefully it will have a positive response. Because I mean, some people on the ground are saying um, that would certainly be better than not doing anything at all. So, um, so that certainly. So mm-hmm. people are, are supporting the, the these tests of this drug that has not really been tested. Um, I think. In the end, in the end, Penny, maybe it's it's probably a debate between um, do you just it's a sense of feeling that something has been done or that you tried everything possible, mm. um, which up until now hasn't really um, that sentiment hasn't been kind of a, people haven't really had a sense of that um, in the countries or on the continent, you know, which is mostly affected by this. Mm. So I think it's, a, it's really at a point where they're just willing to try anything and hope and and really hope for the best. Mm, mm. Um, and so, so we'll keep an eye on that and just see um, the cases that it's been rolled out to. Are they receptive? Is it actually effective? You mm, know. Mm. Um, and then the other, I think one of the other stories um, that came out recently is how um, is how you know climate change is always a big one. It comes around every year, and it's it's always going to be topical. But you have developing countries, and certainly the BRICS countries, claiming that they are kind of ahead of the um, ahead of the game. Mm. You know, ahead of they're more proactive in finding alternative energy sources. They're more proactive in, in trying to curb um, um, carbon emissions. So that's one to look out for also just different ways, different things that countries are bringing to the fore and trying to um, to get a handle on the climate change situation. Now, um, that, that's an interesting one, especially on the backdrop of the U.S. Leadership Summit and there's talk about powering Africa, you know, um, and then here we are talking about alternative uh, energy solutions. How, how are the two linked? Um, I think one of the things, one of the things about it, Penny, is what you're saying. Um, Africa, especially, wanting to do is because um, out of everybody, I mean, there's the argument that we're possibly going to be the worst affected. So you now see countries kind of wanting to be more proactive in finding other ways. You've got things like solar energy, for example. Mm, mm. Um, we've got we've got the sun as a natural resource. Yeah, more than anywhere else in the world. Yes. So people are looking at other ways of using what we have already to try and, and turn things around. Um, we've got we've got problem we've got um, alternative sources like uh, we're using wind power for example and trying to see if that if we could use that to help with the energy problems in some parts of the of the continent also. Mm. Um, so it's certainly making certainly making more countries 
feel that they need to take a more leadership role as opposed to waiting for um, for ideas or innovations from other parts of the world. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's true there because you know there was also yeah. that, that a, a big story of like General Electric to work with uh, uh, Alika Dangoti, Africa's uh, richest man, in in you know in mm-hmm. in, in trying to to, to fast track this um, bringing energy sources. In, into the continent, of course, ultimately it's about us have accessing electricity, having power, being able to do business because we keep saying Africa is open for business, but electricity, power sh- shortages and, and, and cars is one of the biggest problems that we have. Uh, throughout certainly, the certainly, yeah. and we can't we can't keep having that as a problem no. in the kind of uh, in the area that we live in and trading with the rest of the world, and certainly trading with um, with with countries within Africa. Mm. So if that can be taken care of as a concern, that would be better for economic growth and certainly for everybody. Okay. Now, what other interesting stories are, are you know are, are making headlines around the continent? Um, the other one, the other one is the Nigeria girls, the Chiboko girls. Yes. Um, that's um, still standing. Yeah. That's it. That's still standing. But what's happened is that you are um, again. It's one of those stories that keep coming back, and people get frustrated that it's been forgotten about. That not not enough is happening. Um, not enough is happening to, and we're not being updated about what's happening with the girls, mm. what the process of bringing them home is. Um, but we found certain communities in Nigeria that have, um, that are on the ground trying to um, get awareness going. They're in, involved in school plays, and they're involved in trying to just get the word out, just to keep, um, to keep the story of the girls really on people's uh, yeah. conscience, make sure that they, they're not forgotten and that they're not overtaken by all the other quote unquote bigger stories that are happening, your Ebola mm. outbreak. Um so that that that's another one to keep um to keep an eye out on an eye out for. Because we're quick, we're quick to forget. Okay, finally, I mean, you know, two weeks or so ago, uh, the U.S. Uh, Africa leadership uh, took place in Washington, and most of the leaders are back in in, in the continent. We're waiting for Congress to deliberate and and decide whether they're going to renew the AGOA, uh, you know, initiative. Uh, where are we at? What's what's the energy around that? Uh, you know, it, it, there's different scenarios that you know this might happen, but at what cost? You know, America is just trying to do this. Uh, because they seen, you know, China is invasion in, in the continent, and mm-hmm. then they they were clear about saying, you know, they're not just after our resources; they want to, to, to you know, to empower and develop our people. They've always so where are we at with that? And um, that's that's quite correct, Finney. I think one of the biggest challenges now with the Ogo um, arrangement is that you now have China as a massive player, and I mean, there's this analogy that's thrown around about how America is the big brother that wants to come in, mm. wrap you over the the knuckles, and tell you how to run your household whereas the Chinese are seen to not really be worried about the inner workings or the politics of the country, really. They're all about business. They come in, what can we get out of you? What can you get out of us? It's Mm. a simple trade arrangement. Mm. And more and more African countries are seeming to kind of favor that because it feels or looks on the surface like a no-strings-attached arrangement, Mm. whereas America is a bit, um, that's that's now becoming a bit of a touchy subject. I think partly America has woken up to that and they're trying to find ways of rebranding or rebranding themselves to Africa. And so instead of coming in as an older brother, they want you to come in as a partner mm. and trying to try level really the, the, the relationship as it were. So that's certainly going to be another one um, to keep an eye on and see how successful they are going to be in, in rebranding themselves and changing their message when it comes to the sort of relation that they want to have perhaps. All right, cool. Uh, Pumza, thanks very much for chatting to us uh, on this one. Have a great week. Uh, You're most welcome. Okay, Take care. Cool. Great stuff. Uh, that is uh, Pumza Fishlani chatting to us there, uh, giving just uh, you know an overview of what's going on on the rest of the African continent. And finally, a, a story that might be of interest for people who, who love animals because you know, today it was save the elephant, yesterday was the rhino, and then the lions might be distinct. Um, here, Here's another one. Johannesburg Zoo. Uh, Africa's last polar bear has died, the Johannesburg Big Zoo said today. Uh, now, the bear had to be put down by Chief Veterinarian Dr. Brett uh, Gardiner due to liver and heart failure. Now, he uh, this uh, this polar bear was diagnosed with liver ailments in November in 2010. Wang, that's the name of the bear, who was born in 1984, arrived at the zoo in 1986 as part of a conservation exchange program with a zoo in China. At, at 30 years, polar bears are considered to have reached their full lifespan for the species. 
so the Wang, uh, the bear, had a partner for 27 years called GB, uh, who died of natural causes in January. His distraught keeper, Agnes Maluleke, ensured uh, that uh, in the recent weeks, his days were filled with enrichment programs and special treats, including his own Valentine's Day celebration. So that's that. If you wanted to take your kids since they're on holiday to the Johannesburg Zoo to see Africa's last polar bear. Sorry for you. The bear is no more. We take a break and come back and talk about uh, the possibility of going to speaking as a business. Ocean right here on cliffcentral.com. It's 24 minutes after 2 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us if you just did. Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, being a Wednesday, of course, we've already touched on what's going on on the rest of the African continent. So I chat in the studio this afternoon. Uh, we're talking to a lady who knows the business of speaking. I'm sure you're probably thinking about it. You're like, you know, I got what it takes. I have a few ideas. 
I can write down a few thoughts, come up with a line. I'm sure from like something like when the going gets tough, you can come up with a whole speech about that. Is that really how it works? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, let me introduce you to my guest and uh, welcome to the show. Actually, let me not even let me let her introduce herself because I know her, but I'd rather she tells us who she is and what she does. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon, Penny. What a privilege to be here. I've never been introduced by Penny before. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> come on. I've introduced you speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, event. yeah. Yes. You've introduced me live. <laughs> yes, live. Yeah. So you're joining us this afternoon, Osma uh, Kini. Uh, you, 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 you're a public speaker. Is that the correct yes. thing? No. Th- that's what I'm called. <laughs> but I'd like us to talk about that title. You yes, want us to talk about that title? Yes. Okay. So, so. What do you, what do you what do you do? How do you how do you describe what you do? Great. Um, you know, normally you just say I'm a speaker because that's what people can relate to. But then when I get I start really getting into this, I say I'm a people developer and I use commun- different communication tools and ah. speaking is one of them. So I use speaking, I use facilitating, storytelling. I'm a storyteller. And I do coaching, I do writing. As you know, I wrote a management book last year. Yes. And I'm busy with another book this year that I hope we'll be able to talk to because it's very relevant to this month. Okay. So obviously, you know, we, we, we're celebrating a, a Women's Month. When you say yes. it's very relevant to this month, you, yes. you mean Women's Month. Yes. Okay. Now, um, like I alluded earlier on, you know, someone says, ah, I think I can talk about, you know, when the going gets tough, what happens? I'm mm. sure I can be a speaker. How do you really get to that place where you say, I think, you know, I've got the confidence, um, the ability to stand in front of audiences and, and, and zone in on a particular theme or how does it work? Okay. You, you know, you don't ask the question that people normally ask. People yeah. normally say, how did you become a speaker? How can I become a speaker? Yeah. <laughs> the assumption is that the answer to those two questions is the same. Yeah. I, I became a a professional speaker in a diff, totally different uh-huh. way. It was many years ago when the industry was still owned by agents. Yeah. You know, to be out there, it was not like social media, the internet, etc. Yeah. The industry was solely owned by agents. And one day, an agent did me the biggest favor, did something that doesn't happen in the world. Mm. They knocked on my door and said, we want to represent you. That was Speakers Inc., in Johannesburg. I've heard of Speakers Inc. Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> they they, they uh, said to me, and, and at first, you know that I, I turned them down for a year and a half because I didn't understand what they were talking about. I had been doing this since 1981 mm. when I was 28 years old. Uh, wow. <laughs> yes, Penny, next month, next month I'm 61. I know I'm a very sexy You got to see her. She <laughs> looks nothing close to 60. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, uh, I had been doing this since the age of 28 when a colleague at the first co- um, college where I was a lecturer, yes. gave me a book that just turned my um, thinking around. Yes. And I, I just started doing this, talking to individuals. And then you get to a point where you are always asked, would you mind addressing this group? It went on until the speaking industry was much established in this country. The speaking. So you're industry. a pioneer in that space, eh? You know, you know what? I, I would like to say a, a real pioneer in that space was Mike Lipkin. Yes. yes. And, and when Mike Lipkin was really hot, that's when these ladies contacted me and uh, I became one of the uh, real names in the speaking industry. Yes. And but, you know, they contacted me, but that's not how people become speakers. How yes. people become speakers is you decide, you know what, I want to go out there and speak. And people are driven by different things. Yes. Some people are driven by the fact that they think we make a lot of money out of speaking. <laughs> Always the case when people see you do things and then they look at you they think, oh, and they're like, do hmm, I think she makes a lot of money. I yeah. have to do that. And then some people, like I was driven by uh, this passion that I got from this book that I wrote, read in 1981. And of course, went on to, to read more books on personal development and saw how it changed my life and how this message went on to change other people's lives. Yes, I come across a lot of people who say, I, I would like to be a speaker. And the first thing that I ask them is, what drives you? Yes. Why do you want to become a speaker? Is it because you think we make a lot of money? Or is it because you have a message? And I come a lot of people, actually, who want to become speakers. Because with no message. With no message. <laughs> but, you know, they have the skill. They, they are eloquent. They yeah. can speak. Yeah. And 
I say to them, these are there are two sides to this coin. Yeah. You've got to have the message. Yeah. And speaking is just a presentation tool. Just yesterday, incidentally, I was with a client. I'm going to do a talk for them uh, on the 21st, next mm. Thursday. Mm. And last year, I, I did a talk for them, Women's Month. So they called me again, and we were talking, and she told me, I, I said, what interventions have you done in the past year since I've been here, you know, to customize a talk? Yes. I had a, a meeting with her for two hours. And then one of the things that they did was they, they got a speaker from the U.S. Yes. This woman is a specialist in her subject. She is so good. And they've seen uh, what is written about her. They called her. And what this woman did was she took her papers and read word for word. Her eyes were on the paper. She just read for the whole so hour. So she was just reading rather than having a conversation yes. uh, with the audience. She was just reading and you know, the, the talk was so boring and the content was great, but the, the delivery was not right. So it should be about the delivery. So if you have the content only like this woman, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And if you have the delivery style only, yes. that's also something else. Yeah, because you, you know, need a subject matter. You need the subject matter. Yeah. So, so th- 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 that's how uh, to, to make it in, in this industry. And, you know, you can go and train uh, and improve your presentation skills. But the thing is, if you do not have the content, that's a non-starter. Mm. Because you, you can go and get training and deliver. Like this lady, she has great content. She can either stick to writing or stick to maybe facilitate workshops, etc., which is a separate skill. Altogether, I just, yeah. I just happen to do both. To be able to do both. I, I just happen to do both, but it's a separate skill. So that's what it it's about. And, you know, in, in this industry, like in any other industry, I like to say the main thing is authenticity. Be authentic. And there's no way you are going to be authentic when you don't have content. Yes. Because you will have to lie. Okay, now here's my question. You know, Talking about authenticity and mm. content, one always asks, you know, so can I just gather content about whatever or should it be based on, you know, not just interest, you know, is should it be about personal experiences? How do you, you know? You know, you know Penny, I found that uh, when you don't have experience mm. in a field, mm. you are going to talk about things that people, because you talk to literate people. You know, we've got to respect audiences. Yes, yes. People are literate. You're going to speak to literate audiences. So if you're going to talk about things that they can read themselves, I don't see what value adding. Yeah. If, if, like, for instance, yes. let, let's say I speak on management. Mm. I've got management experience. I was a manager. I was mm. a senior manager reporting to a CEO. Mm. I've been training managers for 15 years. Yes, yes. And th- that is what I speak on, you know, personal experience. And, and, and you cannot do it without that. And uh, I speak on women's issues. Mm. I'm a woman. Mm. I speak on diversity. Mm. And even when I speak overseas, you know, people take me seriously because when I speak on diversity, I say I'm from one of the most diverse, diverse country cultures yeah. in the world. That's right. Yeah. So, so if you are in in Iceland, mm. <laughs> I happen to know someone uh, from if you're from and you know, it's, it's not such a diverse culture there. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you are going to speak mainly about things that you read. Because hmm. they, they only have 300 and something people, thousand, thousand people. people there. It's a very <laughs> tiny country. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it, it all depends on, like, for instance, how do you speak on marriage if you've never been married? How do you speak on divorce if you've never been divorced? Mm. You, you, you've got to... So your experiences make you an expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not only that. Yeah. Not only that. I mean, uh, I always say I don't speak on theories and models, but... I I have studied mm. and I read, yeah. so I know the theories and models, mm. but I, I I bring them to life because of experience. And then the, the, I can't talk about being an engineer yeah. because I, I can read up. I have the <laughs> the ability to be able to read up about engineering and understand it. But mm. I really do not know what an engineer. I cannot talk about what you do, uh, Penny, presenting. Yeah. I can talk about presenting on TV, yeah. but I've never presented on radio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, at times, you know, when, when professional speakers, then within the professional speaking, there's like subcategories. Yes. You know? There's motivational speakers. Uh, you know, you you said you're a personal developer. So a, a people, a people developer. developer yes. rather. You know, and then you you spoke about personal development as yes. well. So right there, I'm like, so this is not just to charge me up. 
No. You know, there's so much more to that. Yes. And then and then others will say slash I'm not just a motivational speaker. Others will say I'm an inspirational speaker. Mm. How, how, what's what are the subcategories and uh, what really makes them? Y- y- you know what? Sometimes we play around with semantics. That is ah. why I, 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 I want to get out of there. You know, the, the, basically you you cannot motivate people. Motivation is DIY. It's something. That, there's no such a thing as extrinsic motivation. I've yeah. studied psychology. Yeah. You read about extrinsic motivation. There's actually no no such a thing as extrinsic motivation. Is always intrinsic. Mm. But as a person outside Penny, mm. I can inspire Penny. Mm. And like for instance, in the workplace, because I I speak in the corporate space. Yeah. So we talk about inspiring people. Mm. To do their best because uh, basically I help organizations and individuals to be to do their best yeah. to be their best. Yeah. So I can inspire Penny to be her best in her personal life and be her best at work, but I cannot motivate Penny. Mm. So in the workplace, ah. people think like I train managers and they say, but you know, my Kenny, we can't motivate our people because we can't give them bonuses. We yeah. can't motivate our people because of budget. And, and that think, shouldn't be an, an external thing. No, no, no. Those external things influence motivation. Yeah. Your intrinsic motivation is influenced by external things, but those things are not motivation. Uh-huh. So when you inspire a person, you inspire a person with your example. Mm. You inspire a person by who you are. Because uh, I talk a lot about management because that's really I, I, I operate in that space. But life is, is, man- is management right. as yes. well. Life yeah. is management. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the, the, let's talk about the different categories of speakers. Yeah. Basically, there are people who become speakers because of um, when people say to me they want to become speakers, I tell them this. I say, which category do you fall in? Mm-hmm. There are people who become speakers because they climbed Mount Everest seven times. Yes. And Bruce Fordyce won the Ren- comrades, the comrades nine, times, nine times. Whatever. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So now okay. there are people who are in that category. And we all know who they are. Mm. I now see myself as in that category. That's why one of my talks, Mind Over Mountain, and and the talk, Age is an Attitude. Mm. I do those talks based on the fact that at age 80, Mm. I started walking on, (laughs) I I, I call it walking above the clouds at age 60. And why do I tell people my age? Why do I tell people that I became a computer programmer at 44 Mm. and I started climbing mountains at 60? Mm. So that they can say, you know what? If she can do this, I I can can do it. Because age is one of the excuses uh, that we use. I don't have opportunities. I'm too old. I'm too young. Mm. So age is one of the things that we hold ourselves back with. So now uh, there is that category of people who do things that people think cannot be done. Yeah. And then there's the category of people who survived, like mm. Alison. Yeah. You know, she survived and wrote, I choose life. Yeah. I, I've had the privilege, uh, because of speaking all over the show, I've had the privilege twice of hearing Alison speak. And her story really makes you realize that we always have a choice. Okay. And then uh, this picture for Merlin, Alison, etc. And then the third category is the category that has the most number of speakers. Yeah. The, uh, the main category I am because I like just invaded this other category. It's called what? No, I say that's oh. the main category that I am in. Mm. I've just invaded the other category by climbing yeah. mountains. Yeah. But the main category I'm in is I get to speak people look at your qualifications, your experience, yeah. and like, you know, if you're going to speak to sales people, mm. you've got to have sales experience. experience so yeah. that is the category that we can call the category of experts. Ah, okay? okay. And then there's the category of people who speak just because it's basically they get paid an appearance fee. Yeah. Because you are well known, you are on this soapy. Yeah. You are expected to go to the workplace and talk Motiv- to people. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. encourage people. And encourage people. <laughs> so and then I say to, the, to to people, you are not in that category, so nobody's going to pay you an appearance fee. Mm. You've got to ha- have content now. Tell us. But even if you're just on a soapy, I mean, you know, you gotta have content, don't you think? Uh, yeah, you've got to have content. But now, if you're going to talk to people in the workplace. You know, you 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 do not have a, 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 the context of what happens in a corporation. Yeah, you, you do not have the context, so mm. you can talk about uh, how to inspire yourself as yes, an individual. Yes, yes, yes. But now, no, no, I'm I'm talking about what when I tell what I tell people mm. that for you to become 
a, a professional speaker, mm. it's either you must be in this category or this one or this one. And mm. the, the other category is the category of people who are like so-called celebrities. Yeah. So and now I'm talking to a person who is not known by anybody. I said, yeah. now, listen, yes, sweetheart, yes. you do not belong to this category. So what is the, it that you've got to yes, offer? Are you, an, are you an expert in that, in that field? Are you a survivor of right. some, uh, you know, something, you know, uh, or do you have a you? Have you achieved something, something. beyond your That's personal right. limitations? That's right. Ah. Yeah. So, so those are the categories. And then you've got to fit yourself in there. And most people, their only chance mm. is to get into the expert category. Yes. Unless you can really go and quickly climb Mount Everest seven times. <laughs> <laughs> quickly climb Mount Everest seven <laughs> times. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Go up and down and then and come back. Bang. And say, That's it. I'll be speaking from next week. <laughs> been to Mount Everest. Yes, you print business cards. Ah, okay. So, uh, now, because you wanted to know how people can become speakers. Yeah. And you, you, you've got your content and you've got to keep on reading mm. and expose. You know, these days, it's so easy. We have... Um, Google. We have Google. <laughs> Although not everything on Google <laughs> is, is kosher. Is kosher. <laughs> but there, there's such a lot of good stuff on Google. Mm. And um, I, I don't know. I, I invest in books. You know, when people boast that they have 600 pairs of shoes, I say I have 600 books. I have 600 books, books yes. So, reading, 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 keeping up to date mm. because, you know, uh, uh, things change so much and you cannot just, people think speaking is about memorizing a talk yeah. and standing in front of people. Mm. That is why people phone us. I got a call yesterday from someone in Rustenburg. Mm. They want me to come and do a talk on Friday and mm. I said to you, next time, please don't phone me in a, on a Monday and yeah. ask me to come and speak on a Friday evening yeah. because I need to prepare. Yeah. And they say, no, but you're speaking all the time. time. I said, yeah. you know, I speak, into, uh, I speak to different audiences, so I've got to prepare. Pay for that audience. That's yeah. right, yeah. Okay. And, and, and if you've got the right content, you keep uh, improving it. You keep it up to date. You, it's hard work like any other industry. Of course. Like, you know what? Uh, people say, but Makin, what's the secret of your longevity? You've been speaking for such a long time. I say it's hard work. Mm. If you heard me speak, you know, I, I listen to my own talks. There's a women's day talk. By the way, all these are free on my website, mm. makini.com. Mm. I listened to the women's day talk I did at Netco in 2005. And I said, wow, this is where I was at in 2005. Cha- things have changed. Yes, and yeah. I listened to the talk that's also on the website uh, that I did at Investec last year, a year ago. I'm going to do a talk uh, uh, again there now. And I say, wow, this, this is what uh, I, I used to, where I used to be. Okay, I know that you're a speaker mm-hmm. and then the talking is, is comes naturally. Yes. But I want to give you a break. <laughs> Let's take a break <laughs> and then we come back and break. continue uh, yeah. with Makini right here in the studio. You can go to her website. It's M-A-K-H-E-N-I. Uh, dot com. We're back with more.
Welcome back to Cliff Central. It's 14.46 on a Wednesday. This is Life, Love and All Things African with me, Penny. And my guest this afternoon is McKenny. You can go to her website, uh, com. M-A-K-H-E-N-I, uh, e-books, coaching. You might score yourself, you know, an e-book for free there. You can score yourself some free business coaching. But, hey, you can also book her as a speaker to come and uh, speak at your uh, company. Uh, who knows? So that's uh, that's uh, my guest this afternoon. So now during the break, we are talking about some of the resources that you, you've you've got uh, uh, on offer, and we spoke about how you you also climbed. I thought I said you climbed Mount Everest. You said no, not Mount Everest, but you climbed a couple of mountains yes. in Europe. Yes. Okay, tell us yeah. a bit about that. Now, uh, what happened was I climbed uh, the Alps mm-hmm. in Switzerland and in Germany and in it, uh, and in Austria, uh-huh. and then I climbed the Dolomiti in Italy, and it's amazing. At my age, it was the first time I found myself more than 4,000 meters above sea, le- above sea level. And it, it, it was really amazing. And it, it takes, you, you've got to, you, you don't have to be super fit. Yeah. It takes a certain level of fitness. Yeah. And most of the people that you see there go on holiday. You know, it's it your summer mm. over there because okay. now it's winter there. It's just summer. Yeah. And you go up the ski lift, you know, you go to the ski resort and you see the clothes people are wearing and the shoes that they are wearing. Yeah. When they get up on the other side, they go to the restaurant and have something to eat or something to drink and come down again. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they don't do the walking. Mm. But now I, I remember the very first walk that we did. It, it was a four and a half hour walk mm-hmm. and we, we took six hours. When I say we, I was with my husband, but he's got all the experience. So yeah. We, we were walking at my pace. So you had a, tr- a, a trusted coach. <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. walking at my pace. And instead of four and a half hours, we took six. But I'm telling you, the third mountain that we climbed, mm. I was doing it at because the, the, you, you see a board that says three hours, five hours. I, I was already doing it at the time that, every, uh, that, that you know, an average experienced person. And, you, you know, I, I learned... So many life lessons, normal life, everyday lessons. That's why I now do a talk called Mind Over Matter. Okay. Because of all the life lessons I, I, I got from climbing these mountains. And now something else. During the break, you asked me why I give away all this free stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's because um, I, I get, you go to www.makeni.com, you see the talks that I do, the workshops that I offer. Yeah. And then I get paid for that. And I also have, I, I, I do online coaching, mainly career coaching. Mm. It's totally online. And then there's a website for that. But, you know, if people contact me, I can tell them about that. But I also offer, now I get paid for that, but I also offer free stuff because I feel the more you reach people, the of better. Course, yeah. The management book that took me more than a year to write, the very first letter that I printed, uh, that I typed, the intention was always to have a free book. So wow. I, it, 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 it's not that I sold it and then made it free. Yeah. It was free from the start. You go to my website, mykenny.com, you click on free resources. The first thing you get is that management book and you download it for free and you don't only benefit from it as a manager. You benefit from it. Anybody can benefit as from a, it. Yeah, as, yeah. A, as, a, as a person, not just in, in, in your business That's life right. or, your, or your career life. Okay. Uh, now, uh, no, more free stuff. Mm. Uh, the talk that I did uh, at Netco in 2005, 2006, it, it's a DVD that I used to sell for ah, many years. Okay. Now it's for free. And then there's a CD that I did in... 2003 on personal healing it's mainly on forgiveness i hope one day we'll speak on that we'll talk about that subject yeah because it's always relevant to the subject of forgiveness that cd is now free of charge for 10 years i sold it now it's free of charge and then the talk that i did at uh, investec last year i recorded it with the intention of putting it for free on the internet, on the internet as well the talk that i did in toronto last year all those things so are it, on that it page. must be it must be exciting times for someone like yourself who, who works in that kind of space i mean you know uh you know the emergence of youtube which mm. wasn't there 10 years Great. You know, 20 years ago when you got yeah. into into the business yeah. uh you know social media yeah. and, and 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 things like that and uh, what I also find interesting is that, you know, you don't reside in, in, in South Africa yes. full time. Yes. You know, uh, where are you based now? I'm based in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. in a very, you know, from the big city, Johannesburg. Yeah. Initially from Pretoria, I live in a tiny, tiny village along the West Coast. 
not too far from Amsterdam in The Hague. It's called Nordwijkerhout. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's a nice uh, small place where they plant tulips. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful in spring. You must come and visit. I definitely <laughs> must come. I'm going to take you up on that offer. Okay, yeah, yeah, so no. you're back in, in, in SA, you know, it's because it's, it's Women's Month. You've got a lot of clients that you have to come and service and, and, and give talks. Yes, you know, I, I were talking about this during the break. I reside in the Netherlands, but I don't work in the Netherlands. Yeah. I work in the English understanding world. That is why you'll hear that McKinney is speaking in it uh, in, in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. McKinney is speaking in the U.S. McKinney is speaking because I speak internationally. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still come to South Africa. There are clients who think it's worth it flying over mm. a speaker who's got international experience, but she's got local content yeah. and local relevance and understands the local situation and charges local rates. No how? Yeah. Fly me over and I come and speak and yeah. then. Uh, also, uh, now because it's Women's Month, I came to South Africa for three reasons. Mm. The first one, I'm here for three weeks, is the obvious one. Yeah. I have opportunities to do Women's Month talks. The second one is I do an online business that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm promoting it here, but I, people can contact me. I can tell them about it because it's not related to yeah, speaking. To speaking. Yeah, I, I like it because it empowers anybody who has internet access to do this business. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Now, the one I want to talk about is related to speaking. Mm. Uh, you've just said it's exciting because there's YouTube, there's this, there's that. Yeah. The third reason I'm here, I'm interviewing South Africans. So people in South Africa and people in the Netherlands, I interview face-to-face. Okay. And people from all over the world, I interview on Skype because I'm writing a book. Okay. Uh, I'm writing a book that has to do with women's issues. The name of the book is A Woman's Place. Because, oh, you know, gosh. we started with A Woman's Place is in the, the kitchen, kitchen, barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. And then now we, the pendulum swung, swung right to, to, to A Woman's Place is in the boardroom at the top of the corporate ladder. Now and, it's swinging. Uh, now I'm saying... Let's have a conversation. So it's it's the book that includes uh, interviewing people from all over the show. Mm. It's a new YouTube channel mm-hmm. that is divorced from the one that I've got. A new Facebook page, a new Twitter. So new you're fully everything. you're fully going uh, uh, digital. Eh? Yeah, no, I, I've I've always had these uh, digital platforms, yeah. but they, they were just general marketing. Now mm. they are all going to be women's place. All of them focus uh, on a topic. Yeah, yeah. and then. Also, mass media. So I yeah. hope you will interview me from the. Of course, because of course. now I've not yet launched the product, the project. But once I, because the whole idea of using social media and not just writing a book is that it's going to be interactive. Yes. It's a conversation, but not between women, but between people. Yeah. Because women's issues affect the whole society. Of course. We can't be divorced from men and children. So even the interviews that I'm doing, like I've already interviewed people, I interview not the woman, but the men, the women, the children, everybody, mm. about how uh, working women, what impact it has on family life. And, you know, also we don't challenge the status quo. Yes. Men are in the corporate space. They have had opportunities more than women. Women are scrambling for that. Mm. Is the workplace conducive to people, not women, to parents? Mm. In good, I'll just give you a quick example. The vice president, uh, not president, we don't have president in the Netherlands. The deputy prime minister is the minister of social welfare and employment, something, something. Mm. He drops off his kids every morning mm-hmm. at school mm. and he goes home at five to have dinner with his family. And if there's something that must happen after dinner, he drives back. He doesn't eat dinner at work. And he, he's a... So every day he, has, he does that. He has dinner with his family. And uh, he says, he gets interviewed all the time on the media. Mm. And he says, I know I can do this because I'm the boss. But he is one of the people who are challenging how the workplace should be structured. Yeah. So if a man can do that, now it, it means as women, instead of just aspiring mm. to be CEOs like men, we should aspire to transform the workplace so that yeah, because rather than just coming in and leaving and and, and keeping yes. it as as it is, yes. and nothing. That's why we're saying, has there been any change in the past twenty years in our country? Because we're like nothing has changed. Yes. The minute a woman says, I think you know we should have a 
a, a daycare center in the building. Everyone says, are you crazy? Yeah. Why do you want to have a daycare center That's here? Right. Yeah. But, but you know what? I think we should take the, deb- the, the whole objective of the project is let's take this conversation beyond the daycare the center. Daycare center. We've been yeah. talking about True. the daycare center. How do we transform the workplace? But we can't talk about the project now. Yeah. I, I hope you'll give me an okay, opportunity. I got a test of it. Okay. I think, I think that's that. So basically, uh, what we learned is that if you want to get into the uh, speaking uh, profession, it's very serious. You need to choose a lane and stay in that lane. Uh, so you, you can, you can decide, understand the theories and the models. Uh, make sure that whatever your discussions you're having, you know, you bring them to life. It's not just theories that you've come across or models that you think they work. And, you know, there's different categories that exist. We spoke about, uh, you know, the category of the people who say you can do it uh, because I have done it, achieving something beyond your capabilities. There's the survivors who, you know, life throws you lemons and you turn it into lemonade. And then there's the expert category who says, I've done this. Here are the results and I've got the proof. You know, uh, that's in the corporate space. And then, you know, you can be a celebrated personality with content. You can't just uh, come into the space and say, I'm fabulous. I'm darling. (laughs) I'm hot. I'm amazing. That's that. And they pay you 15 15 grand or 20 grand. You got to have content. uh, Use your celebrity name or power uh, to, to empower others. So, you know, you need to do a lot of reading there. Uh, that's uh, that's really what we, we touched on. And then you can go and f- uh, find out more information on McKinney.com. That's her website. Of course, the new project that she'll be working on is A Woman's Place. I'm fascinated with it because real transformation is what we need, not just for our country, for the whole world. Men and women equally need it. I'm sure, I'm sure guys as well want to be good fathers. They want to be present. They want to be active. But it's like they feel like, eh, there's no space for me here. How do I do this? That's our show for today, folks. Life, love. And all things African. My name is Penny and I'm out.